I love the way you say film. Hi, you're very welcome to the film show. I'm Mike Sheridan, John by Dima Lumby. And yeah. uh, the 80 scene Hard Club is back in his oversized NASA t-shirt. Thank you. Uh, Brian, Brian Lloyd, uh, listener, uh, if you're not watching this, was just smelling himself. I was. Just, you just had to, to... I had it up like this, and I was just doing that. And then I was like, ooh. And I was like, but it's a nice smell. Um, <laughs> we need to talk. Um, I did listen to last week's show. Ooh, we had, ooh. I did when I was... Which in, was our 30th, by the way. 30th. We should have had yeah. some kind yeah. of marking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I have a story to tell, and I'm sorry to be hijacking the show... Does it involve you being bollock naked running yes. down Great Strand Street? Correct. <laughs> Correct and right. Correct and right. Okay, so the story was this. Basically, a couple of years ago, after the infamous article that led to death threats and all the rest of it about the Big Bang Theory, I basically said, if the Big Bang Theory gets cancelled, I will run bollock naked right down Great Strand Street. I said that. I'm a man of my word. <clears throat> that is that is factually correct to say that I did say that. Um, I had every intention of doing it. Now, here's why I'm not going to... Oh, I don't gonna, like what else is going. I'll tell you the story. Now, this is... And I know we don't really talk about personal stuff on this show. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we do. I don't know. Um, so, right. Okay, so basically what happened was... Oh, where's this going? No, I'll tell you what happened. Dave, you mute him if this nervous. gets too bad. No. Okay. Okay. Right. So basically, what happened was after I sent that tweet, my girlfriend um, saw it, and she was like, "Is this at the time?" By the way, this was at the time. Okay. This was okay. at the time. Um, she was said, "Okay, if you actually do that, I'm going to leave you." And I was like, "Well, that's pretty final on that whole me running down the street naked." And she was like, "No, no, no, I'm deadly serious. If you run down the street naked because Big Bang Theory got cancelled." I will leave you. And I was like, that's plenty, that's plenty motivation for me not to do it. So fast forward to like two years later, which is our time now. And, <laughs> and uh, she, I was like, I, it came up again. And she stopped. now? Like, it's in, to, As opposed to the future. Whatever. <laughs> I'm saying flash forward to now anyway. And Max Ramsbottom uh, sent it after the thing after the thing was announced that it was cancelled Max Ramsbottom sent a tweet about oh when are you going to run down the street yeah, I love Max he calls you on everything damn him and his damn him and his oily hide anyways um, so yeah so the tweet the tweet came up and I just laughed and he retweeted but again my girlfriend saw the tweet and she was like yeah that's I didn't forget about that you're you do that I will leave you so as much as I may personally want to strip naked and run down the street in, in celebration, in exultation of the fact that the Big Bang Theory is cancelled, were I to do it, I would then be, you know, a relationship of over 13 years would abruptly come to an end. <laughs> and like, so you're not doing it for love. Well, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, basically, like, but I'll tell you right now, let me say that the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing. <laughs> the spirit is willing. I would absolutely 1000% do it. I would be that happy. What but if the, the naked- heart isn't? What if the nakedness is inferred? I mean, how? You know, like you know, when the, when they have those sex scenes we in movies, pic- we could pixelate you. Yeah, yeah. We could I mean, I do. No, but then he's actually no. See, then he's actually naked. Then I'm actually naked. So that, that's the issue, isn't that? It's public. Yeah. But if the nakedness is inferred, like you know, when there's sex scenes in movies, sure. That are not pornogra- pornographic films. Uh-huh. You have to wear the little cup things and yeah. the cover things. So I'm still. We should still get left. 
I probably, I wouldn't want to chance it. Uh, but I, I swear to God, I would 100% do this. I would 100% do this. No problem. I just... Is it that specific street she has a problem with? I think it's or... I think it's the public nudity thing. Oh, okay. Just, just and checking. like, I'm up for it. Like, I really am up for this. I have no problem whipping it out. Like, no oh, we problem. can tell you're up for it. <laughs> hey! But, um... Brian's actually naked from the waist down. This is true. You can't see. Yeah. The thing. Aren't we all? This is but, um... <laughs> But yes, I would do it, but I can't. And hopefully, this will draw an end to the conversation about me possibly getting naked in public. I think Start let me tell about you, movies, I, er. Come on. Let me tell you, if no. I was going to do it, I would do it. And ladies, bring your camera. Once in a lifetime opportunity, okay? <laughs> would do it if I could do it, but I can't. There was so much going on in that statement. There was kind of like yeah. humility and fear, and then like kind of finished with cockiness. For well, see, I phrase. suppose that that's his version of you know public statement. I mean, we've seen so many made by our recent celebrities. You know, when they have to rescind things that they've said or done. Yeah. So yeah. that's Brian's equivalent <laughs> that was, of that it, was, I suppose. Yeah. My, uh, you basically don't want to hashtag me too with a whole lot of great strantry who may be on it at that time. Possibly. I mean, yeah, it's a busy like you're, like, street. like assaulting like, their eyes, basically. It's a busy yeah. street. And look, I will freely admit, I look absolutely disgraceful naked. I look absolutely awful. Like, I'm not. I'm a dad bod without the dad. Like that's not um, very body positive of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just being. Honest. I'm being honest. Well, I think like, you look great. I'm being. I'm giving an honest appraisal. I've seen like, you in a gym working hard, Brian. Yeah, you have. But like, I mean, as you said, like you look like you're wearing pajamas. You were wearing pajamas. I do, but I like to be comfortable. Like, um, actually, speaking of which, I did see a woman. Sorry, in a quick subject change, I did see a woman in direct sports, um, in a dressing gown. A few weeks ago, like a house know. coat, like a house coat. Yeah, I called them house coats, and people house were like, coat. You people never. Yeah, you know, somebody looked at me really funny when I said yeah, house coat. I would say house I coat. I never say house heard coat. house coat. Before. You are ridiculous people. <laughs> no. Go on. I am drawing a line under this. Okay. Start talking about movies now. <laughs> sure. Or I will stop producing. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the this is the red line subject for you. Yeah, See, well, look, well, no, it's, it has been over five minutes. Yeah. And we haven't right started yeah. talking about movies. We get we, get, we get Brian the platform and you said platform. I did. Okay, there's a couple of reviews this week, uh, or just three actually. We're going to review mm-hmm. Black Forty Seven, and um, what else are we review? Uh, we're going to review American Animals. American Animals with Barry Keoghan. With Barry Keoghan, and then we're going to review. Final score. Oh, yeah. Yes. So myself and D have seen that one, and at the behest of, uh, although you were kind of saying it's not at the behest of you, well, last week myself and D and Dave did the show, and you mentioned you were a huge fan of Sam Rockwell. So I we am. said we re- we said we revisit Moon, uh, wait, but wait, producer wait. Dave is a humble sort and does not want to take front and center. Um, so uh, D, you rewatched it recently as well, haven't you? I watched it. Watch, watch it recently. Great. I'm interested time. to see what Ooh, you yes. thought. Okay, so and then Dave's going to crack wise. As he is wont to do. As he is wont to In a to deadpan do. manner. In a deadpan manner. Okay, let's talk uh, Black 47 first. We had the director, Lance Daly, and Stephen Ray come into studio here um, and interview each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun. We did that with Sam Keely and Patrick Frame before. Uh, you can see it, it on our YouTube somewhere some, below somewhere, if you're watching somewhere this. Somewhere down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, scroll, scroll, yeah. people. Scroll all the way. And if you're listening to this, we're sorry. I don't know. Open the app on your phone. Use some data. Um, <laughs> I like. You can afford it. You like. can afford it. <laughs> you yeah. can afford Connect it. Connect to some free Wi-Fi. It's everywhere. Um, one of the one of the things because I've only seen clips of it, so I haven't seen it yet. The you're doing with I've seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Um, we're talking about Black Forty Seven. Black Forty Seven. Yeah. Okay. No, but one of the in the room, Brian. Get in the room. I'm in the room. Get I'm get here because I'm giving her my full oh, attention. Right. Probably out of shot. You're gonna give. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, Charlotte right. and Owen a nightmare oh, to crap. edit later. Okay, sorry. But um, one of the uh, taglines for this, which uh, I didn't know how to deal with, because once you say John Wick, I'm like. You had my attention. Now you have my uh, <laughs> and my curiosity. You now you have my attention. You know, and mm. um, was uh, like this is John Wick setting the famine. <laughs> what? 
That was genuinely. Uh, that was genuinely. I heard uh, that. I did yeah, hear yeah. that as well. Yeah. So they're like throwing potatoes at each. Like what's or the lack of potatoes? They're throwing other stuff at each other because Is of he the using the potato to brain a guy. Yeah. Like yeah. what that the hell? I'm yeah. sorry, but where the hell did that come from? You know what that quote is? That's trying to be like young and down with the young people, comparing it to John Wick. It is not effing John Wick. Sorry, but. <laughs> you were almost about to curse me. Oh my god. Oh, this film has made John, you feel some look, passion. John Wick is an entity and you cannot just you know brazenly compare it to another film. Just like, you know, offhandish like that. It's just not acceptable. You're dead right there, Jamalumbi. And it was Keanu Reeves' birthday there the other day. It was. Yesterday. Like amazing. Saw that on your Twitter. Yeah. Okay, so... Did um, you see somebody said, what are Keanu Reeves' <laughs> three best movies? And I said, John Wick, John Wick Chapter 2 and John Wick 3. I know it's going to be his <laughs> Difficult to argue with. Everyone said Point Break, though. Point, Point Break, Break was yeah. great. Yeah. I actually haven't seen that, Point admittedly. <gasps> and also call-outs for The Matrix, obviously. But, um, yeah. po- the Matrix is a great film. Point Break is a really great film and Speed's a lot of fun as well. Bill and John Ted. Wick movies yes, are still his best true. movies. Bill and um, Ted. Yeah. As, yeah, Bill and Ted's a great yeah. show too. But uh, as we want to do when we mention John Wick, we go off in like tangents of like, that's how we're John yeah, Wick for 10 minutes. Keanu Reeves for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a great guy. With this movie with Hugo Weaving and uh, Stephen Ray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, D. This is, this one looks like I've, I don't know a huge amount about it. Mm-hmm. Them. We had the two lads in and they were very nice. Yes. Um, how is it? What is it about? It looks mm-hmm. like it has a hefty budget for an Irish yeah. movie. Would it be right in saying all of those things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Look, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. Right. But you should actually, no, let, no, let the... Let the no, 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 I'm going to see... I was just going to say, the review that's on site at the minute, currently... Gav Burke. Gav, uh, Gavin Burke reviewed and he gave it four stars. D, take it away. Yeah, so um, I, I am not of a similar ilk when it comes to this film. Look, everyone who I've talked to this film who saw this movie, and there have been like numerous previews kind of over the last few um, months. In fact, I saw this film maybe... About six weeks ago or something at mm. this stage. Yeah, yeah. So quite a while ago. Um, but everyone, it just seems to have really divided people and some people love it and they think it's great. Donald Clark's called it on the poster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called it an epic famine drama. Although I would argue <laughs> how many famine dramas are there? But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like, it's like well. a epic famine drama. Like, yeah, how do you, it is. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's the best uh, yeah. it's the best drama about the famine ever made. Well, it's the only. Yeah, to our point now, like Lance, Lance Daly, he did that movie Kisses uh, yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago. Kisses, or, which I love. And I love film. his movie uh, Life's a Breeze as well. Yeah. The one about the grandmother who puts all her money in the mattress and yeah. then they throw away the mattress and then they're looking through like the you know junkyard and everything for he's, it's so, gas so yeah. Lance Daly he's a very strong director uh, yes. he also made a movie with Orlando Bloom and Riley Keough called some the doctor was it a good doctor I know that's a TV show but it was something quite similar as well okay. Dave might have a Google there when he when he uh, gets a chance yeah. um, which was his first one I think going into American movies or yeah. mm-hmm. it wasn't a studio movie but it was you know Orlando Bloom God bless me, contact. But at some point in, in, in time, really he was a movie though. star. Yeah, really killed yeah. amazing, but yeah. it was very early in her career as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, T, stop beating around the bush. <laughs> you are, you are, I've never seen you duck. You're dancing around this. You're duck It's so really well. hard because I want to, you know, support Irish movies wherever I can. And not just for the sake of it, but because I do think that they have yeah. a really hard time, you know, with budgetary constraints and everything. Um, but I just didn't think this movie was very good. I really, look, it's very ambitious. I appreciate what it's trying to do. It's pretty much the only film we've ever seen that actually tries to handle the very daunting subject matter that is the famine. But for Sorry. me, it just didn't work. I thought it was kind of crap I thought that it the first like act worked really well for me when it portrays um, our hero kind of coming back so who's, who's meeting, the protagonist who's the hero um, so he is oh I forget James his name James Frischevel yeah who's actually an Australian actor 
Good day, mate. Yeah, not Irish, incidentally. Um, but yeah, he comes back to his family and they're all speaking in Irish and everything, which is really nice. Um, authentic. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. But then you have the British soldiers kind of come in and ruin everything and, you know, kill his last relative. Sorry, spoiler. And then he decides to go on this revenge rampage. So he goes all the window shakes to Barley on them. Yeah. Well, more kind of revenge. Look, it it is like I think that Lance Daly has said that he's very hesitant to call it a revenge Western, but I don't know how else to describe it other than a revenge Western. But it essentially has its protagonist go around killing all of the like British soldiers and everyone who is kind of related to this incident that happened with his family. And it just gets very repetitive and kind of silly and over the top. And even like all of the British characters in it are like comically evil, like as in you can't actually believe in them. They're so ridiculous and over the top caricature wise. Now I've got to stop you there for a second, right? Because I know because we talked about this off air yeah. before, right? I, I haven't seen the film yet. I haven't. I saw I, I can't speak to any of it, but I know you were saying that like some of it was so kind of comically over the top as to be ridiculous when you just, you just mm. said that there. Um, but I mean, like historically speaking, Talking to the microphone. I am talking to the microphone. Myself and Dear, like, next to the microphone. I am. I I was. Okay, anyways. Now you've made me lose what I was going to say. Yeah, so, um, you were saying that it was kind of the thing that, like, it was over the top and being comical. Mm. But, like, is that in terms of their performance of the actors? Or is that in the case of what How it's written. How it's written and what they do. A bit of both, I'd say. Because I was going to say that, like, some of the absolutely atrocious stuff that the British did was real yeah. like you know what I mean like as in like the kind of stuff that seems like it would almost seem like villain yeah. villainess but like yeah. no they actually really did do that yeah. so I'm wondering what's no, that no no and I do totally like understand that and everything I just think that like it was just it was so over the top you right. know and I think it was in terms of like the acting uh, sorry in terms of the writing because like with the lines and everything like they wouldn't be that kind of you know obvious and cold hearted you know I I wouldn't think so anyway but I just thought that I don't know for me the whole idea of like a western using the famine as a backdrop didn't really work like I kind of thought it was almost like a bit insensitive or something like it was kind of it was really between like you know kind of it didn't really tread the line of kind of you know reconciling with this really like still traumatic period in like Irish history and a lot of like you know of the older kind of Irish generation and everything like my dad still talks about the famine as this you know horrible (laughs) no 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 just about this like atrocity that like the British did to us and everything like there's a lot of sensitivity still there for like certain generations and stuff and then just kind of like sensationalizing it and trying to make it kind of this genre film I just but they do that it didn't work for me they did that with World War 2 do that World War 2 constantly World War one concept yeah. do that with everything I know yeah I mean like I mean somebody we can't be insane well like we can't be like oh we're offended because we're I know no, no yeah. it's not a bit offended it's not a bit offended I think it's a case of like making light of it I think that's the problem that you're making light of it but I mean I saw somebody kind of refer to it as like Ireland's Django Unchained oh. which is a bit like really problematic yeah. I would say well like I mean in the sense that like you know Django Unchained was like okay fine I got it it was like a revenge western that kind of took in slavery mm. and is this doing the same thing well I, again I don't know I haven't seen it yet so I can't 
speak to it. So, well, I mean, we're, yeah. what we're doing here is, and let's be fair here, I'm saying, oh, somebody said this about it. Somebody called it John Wick and the Famine. Yeah. You were saying, oh, somebody else called it John Wick and the Famine. That's not the filmmaker's fault no. that people are making these yeah. comparisons about it. So oh, I think well, fundamentally, yeah. D, you just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, movie reviewers will naturally do that. And I mean, we were talking about that in relation to Dublin Old School being yeah. um, compared to Trainspotting and Adam and Paul and stuff. But like, I just thought that this film had a lot of issues as well, like in terms of when he actually goes about killing everyone it just felt like very repetitive or something it's like now he's going after this guy and now the British soldiers are catching up on him and now he's going after this guy and the British soldiers are catching up on him and it just it just didn't work for me yeah fair enough yeah um, I but I, I would still encourage everyone to go see it because some people it's had like people have loved it it's been polarizing you know? yeah yes. yeah um, and it'll be interesting to see how this goes down because they've always yeah. invested in it and it's I mean it is nothing but a positive thing to see like I'm not quite sure what the budget was in this but yeah. look, you know, if you go weaving in there Stephen Ray and you know it's uh, you know it's set in obviously the 1840s and that's going to be 1847 because it's Black 47 Black 40 okay Brian I, did, I haven't seen the movie Brian I, I haven't know. seen it either but I'm just saying yeah, you but you're, you're, the, you're, you're, you're the, a nerd you're, you're a nerd anyway the point being that with that kind of setting it costs money to set movies mm. yeah, um, sure. back then because it costs costumes and all that stuff so yeah look I mean people have liked it you weren't a fan of it at the same, same time Gavin Bork was gave a four yeah. star so okay let's move on to final score <laughs> yes <laughs> did you get to finish this oh, by the way? oh yeah yeah, yeah um, fantastic it's how ridiculous so how okay. ridiculous is this film okay, let, let, okay let's set this one up producer Dave you haven't had a chance to watch it yet I have not because you're you're a fan of the WWE or Dave Batista uh, not particularly no you just uh, like the sound of just, it I like the yeah the premise yeah, so the premise, yeah, because uh, Brian hasn't had a chance yeah. to watch this one yet. The premise is uh, Dave Bautista is like at a certain point, and okay, let's I'll just I'll set this one up. I watch this with Joe, and I was like, right, watch, because Dave Bautista is just smashing lads and like killing lads Fantastic. and all of that stuff, yeah. right? And it's essentially uh, everybody at Upton Park, which is West Ham's ground, are being held hostage uh, while they play. I think it's Dynamo Kiev, um, and you know the story unfolds in whatever way. Uh, it's going to unfold. So I said to Joe, "Right, watch what's going to happen here. Is he, they're going to? It's going to cut to a, a point, and some guy's going to be on a computer. And he's going to be like, he's X S A S. He's X, or whatever. Yeah. He's been trained in blah 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 blah. And like, who is this guy? Yeah, and then there's yeah, yeah. a list of this shit that he's done. You're like, oh, you don't even need that with Dave Batista because he's a mountain. Yeah, and they literally had to cast a bigger mountain <laughs> like, to be like the bad guy, to be one of the bad guys in it that he fights. Um, yeah. To make but, it look like he's got, yeah, like he's got, like there's guy. a threat, yeah. yeah. Like a and threat. Pierce Brosnan is in four, five, four scenes. He looks Pierce Brosnan's looked like he did five days on this, and just used that as an excuse to grow a beard. <laughs> um, it is, which is an authentic beard. It is an authentic beard. He grows a mean beard as Pierce yeah. Brosnan, does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's actually fun in it the whole thing mm-hmm. D is just fun oh it's so much fun yeah so premise wise in case anybody doesn't know it's essentially Dave Bautista plays this kind of veteran who uh, goes to a football match and then suddenly takes his, takes his like, niece but she's not really his niece is yeah. uh, one of the people who's in his former squadron yeah and um, he made an order that led to the squadron being killed. Oh, so he's got yes. that guilt. Oh, yes. He's got that guilt, Brian. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah. I love it already. Yeah. I yeah. love it already. Oh, it's so good. Um, and yeah, essentially the football stadium then gets taken over by a group of Russian terrorists because they're like the... Yeah, they're, they're the go-to terrorists. They're the go-to terrorists. Well, here, let me, tell, let me ask you this, right? Do the people in the stands know? They no. don't no, know. They no idea, Brian. No idea. Idea. They're just yeah. watching the match. Ah. They're just watching the match while Dave Batista's booting around the top on like a motor bike. <laughs> and it's like a helicopters and stuff and some guy's a machine gun sh- it's, and this is all happening in the middle of a match yeah. and it's like 90 yeah. minutes like yeah. amazing and then it's like it's it so keeps good. cutting to the like the 90 yeah. minute and like the it's 
almost in it's almost in um, real time actually yeah. the oh timing God. of the movie but there's a scene in it where so Batista well jumps from one bit of the stand Upton Park is just like a really crappy old stadium as well yeah. like as the Premier League goes <laughs> and goes from one part of the stand to another part of the stand on the motorbike yeah. and it's just about as the team is about to score I'm like oh look what they've done here um Okay, what, what we we knew we were going to get fun yes. of this because it, it just seemed to know it was making all the right noises. It just mm-hmm. seemed to know exactly what type of movie it was. Yeah. It was it's not pretentious at all. No, Batiste is built for movies like yeah. this, and it's not taking itself too seriously either. Good. Because I find that's such a problem with so many action movies. Like for example, The Equalizer Two, I would think would be an example of an action movie that was taking itself too seriously Great recently. Yeah, you know, Very earnest. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think works because at least not at this point in time in the with these particular kind of movies I mean I think you get away with it with the likes of John Wick because there is kind of emotion behind that and there's sure. trauma behind it and everything you know but when it comes to this kind of a formula like you know it's over the top like I was talking to and we'll have interviews by the way with uh, director Scott Mann and its star Dave Bautista which yeah. was he was so so cool to talk to but I mean they very readily admitted yeah it was pitched to us as Die Hard in a football stadium, stadium and we so were like we're all there, but you know yeah. what? I love how in the in the in the emails about setting up the interview with Dave Batiste, they're like, "Dave has said everything he needs to say about the James Gunn yeah. situation." I'm like, "No, he hasn't." <laughs> you, he's seen? still to this he's day. Still, he's still like, yeah. he's like screwed, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, how did you go on with Batista? He seems like the nicest man. Oh my gosh, we got along so well. So first of all, we were just kind of geeking out about the movie itself. I was like, "Dave, this is so much fun. This is just like a great popcorn movie." And oh, he was Dave. like, "Yeah." She's on a first name oh, basis with old Dave. Oh, we huh? are. Well, we are. Like, Davey B. <laughs> um, but yeah so we talked about uh, the movie how much fun it was we talked about his work with Pierce Brosnan and he had nothing but high praise for the guy everyone he seems to have nice yeah loved about him and Scott Mann gave me a little anecdote as well about how um, Pierce Brosnan brought his family out to dinner one night like Aww. he just sounds like the nicest guy but we talked about like his career in general as well and some of the stuff he has coming up now that Guardians 3 is essentially on hold so I got I got um, 15 minutes with him and we ended up just chatting loads so yeah. it's a really good they're always interview. the best kind yeah. of interviews yeah. when you're just exactly. having chats with people yeah. Um, yeah I don't think he's going to do Guardians 3 I don't think that's going to happen I, well when I was asking mm. what's next in the pipeline he says well now that Guardians 3 it's essentially kind of cleared up my schedule so he's talking about the other um, films which I'll talk about a bit in movie news actually um, but yeah so he he didn't even kind of mention that Guardians 3 is happening okay so this is the same one that Hurricane Heist this is the same release formula that Hurricane Heist had yeah. and that it's and that was Clive Owen that you interviewed, you interviewed in front of the line yeah. And on, yeah. yeah, but Sky anyway, Cinema, but yeah. the Hurricane Heist you loved as well. We thought mm-hmm. really good fun. So how does it, how does how did it get released? Does it premiere on Sky Cinema and then? Yeah, so essentially it's released both on Sky Cinema and in cinemas at the same time. And the way it's kind of working at the moment, because Sky Cinemas has only really started to do this this year, is that it is a limited enough release. Yeah. I don't know exactly how many theatres it'll get released in at this stage but I'd imagine not maybe more than a handful which is kind of a shame but I, I, I think that if people can like go out and see it because I wish because uh, I, I watched a screener copy unfortunately because yeah. I had to for like you know we, yeah, we both did yeah, yeah we both did yeah yeah because I had you your know. name across in case you ended <laughs> yeah. up on the internet I was like was nobody like, better because <laughs> if you upload it <laughs> then I get weird. in trouble yeah. um, yeah. but I would love to see this kind of movie on the big screen you know yeah um, I, I think uh, hopefully this turns into some form of a franchise or at the very least because Scott Mann does a really good job at this yeah, as well yeah he does yeah, uh, yeah the action's just a lot of fun and he hits the, mm-hmm. he hits it tonally he hits it perfectly yeah uh, do you think maybe that the sequel will be called final score slash full time 
Extra time. Extra time. Ex- final scores, it's already inferred that it's full time. Yeah, true enough. So final score, <laughs> full time? <laughs> Sudden death. Sudden so death. Was Maybe already extra time will be the movie. Th- threequel. Oh yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Final um, score, golden goal. But do do if you do like, if you these haven't done the goal anyway. <laughs> we <laughs> the know so much about football. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord, Brian. <laughs> sorry, Good lord. sorry. Um, I I would hope that this leads to uh, more leading action roles for Dave Batista oh, um, yeah. because he's like he's just seems like such a good egg, mm-hmm. um, and he's got that physicality like obvious physicality yeah, on screen, yeah. but he can act as well yeah. as anybody who's seen Blade Runner. But what yeah. was nice as well about what we were talking about was because he mentioned that one of his favorite movies was um, actually To Kill Mockingbird, and I was like, oh, that's a really interesting choice for you. Would you like to maybe do some more kind of dramatic roles in the future? And he was saying that he'd actually love to kind of pursue like the big kind of meaty dramatic roles but that he finds it extremely difficult because of his physique so yeah, his yeah. go-to tends to be action movies so I was like you keep fighting the good well, fight Dave we'll see I mean, you even in though, all I mean, kinds the, of the stuff. Rock is a bar for uh, wrestlers um, turned actors because yeah. he's the biggest movie mm-hmm. star on earth now and yeah. I'm sure he's the same yeah. you know like, yeah. and even then The Rock had to go to TV with ballers to, oh, to yeah, get a role where he got where he really kind of got it to, got to act and his physicality wasn't a thing at all but mm. it been an ex-professional footballer so I actually th- thought that happened sorry to interrupt I thought The Rock was uh, he had some decent enough acting which didn't really re- or rely on the whole physique thing in Southland Tales yes yeah he good was, call yeah. yeah I didn't think much of the movie myself to be honest but I thought he was I thought he was solid and that yeah. was early enough as well yeah um, and he did that other one to follow Richard Kelly's follow up to Donnie Darko yeah. Yeah. yeah there was another one he did called I think it was called Gridiron Gang where right, it was kind oh, of yeah. like um, he was this like football coach or something uh, yeah and he'd walk and tall too he can act rock and yeah he, he could definitely act but I think it's right and it's interesting uh, check out the interview on Online D yeah. but it's interesting that Batista kind of said look my physicality kind of places me in a certain mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I can see him doing a Fast and Furious movie 100% see him doing a Fast and Furious movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy. yeah yeah but I mean like no, yeah. like that scene, like that scene, he, that scene in Blade Runner. He's only got one scene in Blade Runner twenty four nine, but it really yeah, sucks. yeah, it's great. Very good yeah. yeah. and the short, the short he did before that yeah. movie was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we were I'm, talking about him in um, Hotel Artemis as well. Who mm. was another great role he had this year, and it was so cute hearing him talk about uh, working opposite Jodie Foster because he was like getting to work with her. Like for me, that's like getting on the Oscar stage. Like it was just such an honor. And I was yeah. like, we're so cute, <laughs> so nice. And I made but he him laugh. Your head like he scratched oh, your head. He would like literally a, like. Oh, he yeah, would literally yeah, kill you. Yeah, he would literally yeah. rip you like a phone book. Okay, uh, he wouldn't kill me. Oh no, no he wouldn't. But I'm just now. saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so check out the interview on the line interviews with Scott Mann and Dave Batista on search on the line wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll throw something in, uh, maybe the article or something like that that we write on. The, we don't even write articles on the show anymore. We'll, we'll figure out. The, we'll put a link on yeah, the YouTube well, or something yeah. and figure out because we want we want to drive people towards those interviews because I think <laughs> they're really good fun. Um, Brian. Yeah. Amer- American Amer- American, animals. American Animals with Barry Keoghan yeah Barry uh, Keoghan and this is one of the few that we've actually agreed on a star rating in recent weeks <laughs> yes actually yes we okay. did this, 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 is, this sounds mental mental <clears throat> execution is mental it's a bit different it's very very different okay, yeah, it's very very different essentially what it is is it's one part of it is the actual people involved it's based on a true story essentially what it was about was it was a group of college students uh, decided to rob this um, book of illustrations about um, um, birds it's a very very famous book and I think it was worth something like it was worth a couple of million oh yeah it was very very yeah. this very very uh, valuable book that was kept in a really low security uh, library in the college that they go to 
And as the, you know, the movie starts off, and it's you know the guys explaining the real life guys explaining how they did it and why they did it, and not even why they did it, but because that's what's kind of makes it kind of almost disturbing. I found was the fact that they were just sort of like. Oh, well, it was there and we were just kind of going to rob it. And, you know, it's not like they needed the money. It's not like any of them had any kind of extenuating circumstances. They did it purely just because they could. And you think, oh, wow, is this going to be a documentary? But then automatically it flicks into this very well-directed, very kind of stylized heist movie where it's them planning it out and they've got escape routes and they've got all this sort of thing. And then it cuts back to the guys talking about how they did it while the actors are... kind of walking around them and doing it like it's very very odd like. that sounds like the My Scientology movie what Louis Thoreau does at the end of that when he's making the movie because he can't get access so he's making a movie on yeah scavenge. it's not as it wouldn't be as sort of as clearly defined as My Scientology movie because yeah. in that like that's an actual documentary yeah because yeah. that's an actual documentary but in this it's weird I've never seen a movie do it as well as it has been done mm. like this where it's you know the documentary elements complement the dramatic recreation of it and even the parts where it doesn't kind of follow um you know the actual complete uh how would you say the 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 factual yeah the the factual Mm -hmm. retelling of the story it still kind of works because the guy's like oh well this is how i saw it happen and then the other guy's like well this is how i saw it happen oh so you're getting kind of dual aspects so you're getting dual aspects and sometimes you see the scene twice over yeah, you know, okay. according to each version that's yeah. kind of cool yeah. that's a bit like I Tanya wasn't it what they're using yeah, yeah I was thinking about I Tanya and even like I Dolores was kind of interesting yeah. recently in that the it affair used, as well yeah yeah in that it uses both interviews with the actual person and then you've got the recreations but I mean they're intertwined yeah. as opposed yeah. to side by side which yeah, is like fascinating they have the actors actually yeah. kind of doing yeah, the yeah, break but the fourth the, wall yeah. yeah and the scripts but the scripts are based on what those people said in the actual interviews yeah. so it is quite close you yeah. Know? yeah yeah okay what did you think of it though? I really liked it as well yeah I thought the format really worked um, I thought that it was genuinely like a gripping kind of thriller and then I thought that the four um, actors in it Barry Keoghan Evan Peters who people will recognise from the X-Men movies he was Quicksilver remember he had those like iconic remember the slow-mo slash oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun yeah. yeah he's great he's kind of he's probably the lead and then Barry mm. Keoghan would be kind of second build um, and I can't remember the other two actors Blake were... Jenner Blake Jenner who people was would know from Everybody Wants Him on the Age of 17 so he was one of the guys and then I, I wouldn't be as he's, familiar he's with the other handsome, ones. He's fierce handsome, that guy. Fierce oh, handsome. Oh, he's so handsome. So dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say dreamy. Okay, you you so actually dreamy. just did a whole like, mm. <sighs> like, like rival Michael B. Jordan <laughs> handsome. Well, in a different way. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of more boyish. Oh, you he's know? a pretty boy. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, boy. yeah. yeah. He's yeah. very pretty. He's a pretty boy. Um, <laughs> you got me blushing now. Anyway, um, no, they're all really, really strong yeah. actors in it. And then, yeah, like Brian was saying, it's fascinating to see it intercut with like the actual guys as well. And the fact that they're talking about what they were like when they were students. But we're meeting them after they've been to served, prison yeah, for what time. they've done, yeah. which is incredible. And then... What I found kind of interesting about you basically see the build up to the heist, the heist itself, and then kind of the aftermath. For me, the only thing that w- that was kind of a downside to it was when you get into the aftermath, it does slow down a bit in terms of pacing. But what I did really like about it, which again, I thought was so different to what we see, is that it actually handles the like moral complexity yeah. of what they did because yeah. I mean it was it doesn't pretty doesn't glamorise anything yeah because no. it was pretty horrible what they did to this poor like little old librarian Lady, yeah, yeah. you know 
Um, and, that's so, yeah. a, and that's one thing I would say as well that like, you know, you look at something like, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, for example, right, which I think, you know, absolutely glamorizes you oh, know absolutely, yeah, like yeah. just like oh my god it's the best thing in the world to have all this money and to be like snorting cocaine off a prostitute's ass and all this kind of thing and makes it seem like really over the top and really really fun but then when things start to go wrong for the guy you know there's maybe one or two scenes where it's like oh no he's in a boat and oh he's gonna crash and then it's no, like oh he- I, t- I think with something like that I get what you're saying there but I think with something like that it's so heightened that with say the Wolf of Wall Street which is the example that you've yeah. given I, th- I think you're not pandering to the audience and going okay like you know this is wrong though you can't do, look what happens when you do the drugs yeah, you do the, but like, yeah, yeah. that should be a given that you know any reasonable person could look at Leonardo DiCaprio in that role and go oh my god he's so good he's amazing in this but still go yeah but Jordan Belfort was a piece yeah. of shit oh yeah of course but you like know, I mean, you don't need to show the real life yeah. repercussions for reasonable I don't yeah. think anyway I, I can make that sure. <laughs> yeah see this is it yeah but I mean there is it, it's like that thing that like this is going to sound so arsy right but there was that thing that I think it was John Luke Goddard said oh here we are oh, no where he are. said where he basically have you ever mentioned John Luke Goddard in the show before I have not 31, I 31 episodes in never once mentioned John Luke Goddard anyways till he, now I think it was Goddard. I don't know. But anyway, basically what <laughs> I he think said, it was Goddard. But what he said was, what he said was, was that there is no way to make, what he said was, was that there's no way to make an anti-war movie because if you do, if you do your job right, you're going to make war seem really exciting and thrilling. So you just can't do it. Like, and it's the same. I think that's the same with something like Wolf of Wall Street is that you can't make, you know, being a terrible person and being really morally corrupt and enjoying the excesses of it you can't like that, you, come, that comes down to you as a person and how you consume the content and whether you have empathy or you don't have empathy yeah that's I what know. that comes yeah. down to I'm watching but, Succession at the moment watch a couple of episodes of it last night what do you think I really like it and you can see it getting going but it's quite Shakespearean and how it like yeah. the play and how it works and it's funny I, I didn't like, expect it to be yeah, funny yeah and I mean it's uh, your old pal uh, the director uh, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay Adam oh, McKay, yeah. but he oh, directed yeah, the first episode he directed the pilot yeah. they, they produced it too um, but there's a scene in I think the second episode where um, this is a super rich entitled family it's kind of loosely based on the Murdochs with an element of the Trumps you would say and uh, they're playing softball like rich people softball um, just on the land and it, oh, it, yeah, one of the, it's like the gardener's kid or something like that they're like immigrants Horrible. and he's like you want to you get you 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 get a home run here, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll give you a million dollars. And the kids like, and he's like, no, seriously. And he writes a check. Karen Culkin writes a check from to hit a million dollars. And you're like, you absolute piece you, of yeah. shit. Yeah. But it's never you, that character acts in that way. Yeah. You know, like, and it's still just the same character. The, the writing is layered, but it's not like glamorized anyway. This family's rich, but they're still kind of shitheads. Oh yeah. You know what course, I mean? You don't yeah. need you don't need to. I don't think you need to amplify yeah. that for the audience yeah. to go, oh, but look now, he's you can't do that. I mean, it's yeah. different with the Wolf of Wall Street or American Animals and that it's it's based on a true story. Yeah. So there's more well, of a responsibility. Well, American Animals definitely doesn't yeah. like yeah. pander yeah. or yeah. anything like that because, I mean, it's it doesn't tell, it shows, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, like, yeah, and it's just, it's it's so well acted and it's genuinely like, and some bits of it are really, really funny because, mm. I mean, the whole idea of it is kind of nuts. Like these four students like had the balls to just decide to like steal Wrong. a bunch of these like hugely, hugely valuable books from a university. And like you see them, they disguise themselves as like old men and everything because like, oh, and they say this is uh, this actually a really sad line. Everyone in the audience actually went, oh, um, they said the elderly are the invisible in society. Mm. So that's why they, they dress them. up as the elderly. And that's why they robbed them. And they rob an elderly person as yeah. well. 
Well, I mean, middle-aged. Yeah, she's more middle-aged. <laughs> middle but I mean, I don't know. I, I just said she's a little old one. She was a little old one. Yeah, yeah I suppose, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> yeah it's um, true, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the whole idea of it is kind of mad. But it's it's so, it's so really, really well done. It sounds like it's amping up a little bit. I want to get into news now because I know you've got some news on, on future movies that are coming up. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like it's it, like the that dead zone of like August, end of August mm-hmm. and releases. It's amping up a little bit now in mm. terms oh, of yeah. Oh, yeah, the quality yeah. of films that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I mean, there's something there for everybody this weekend. Yeah. Is, isn't there? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Between, Good like, final and score um, and... we didn't get to review it now because the screening's later on this week, but there'll also be the nun out this weekend. Yeah. So. Mm. The scurdy film. I don't want to see it. I know, I have to go see it. I yeah. hate those jump scare ones. And you have to see it on the IMAX screen. Good luck with that. Yeah. You're going to shit yourself, Brian. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> don't wear that shirt. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's move on to some movie news. Okay, we've got three stories this week and um, before we go into the revisits, which is Moon. Hello, Moon. What have you got for us, Dee? Okay, so I thought I'd start off with, um, I don't know if it's like three separate ones, but um, most of these stories are kind of coming out of the Venice Film Festival, um, which started last week, I think. Yes. Um, so the first story I'm talking about is to do with First Man, which had its premiere and it's been getting really, really good, strong reviews, um, particularly for Ryan Gosling's performance. I mean, even one of the most negative reviews that I read of it was from Time that was basically saying that the film can't keep up with Ryan Gosling's really really good strong lead performance Mm. which is an interesting one you know Um, but I mean it's been getting a lot of praise people are saying like that it's a good old fashioned epic another outlet described it as um, what it said that this will do for space movies what Saving Private Ryan did for war movies which is quite a comparison Um, but I suppose the main story I'm taking from this is something Brian reported over the weekend because I just thought oh the world we are living in but even with a movie that is based on Neil Armstrong that has Ron Gosling playing the role and it's just like all positivity and all about you know how far we've come as a human race and in exploration people still find something to get offended at and to have a problem with and in this case it's the fact that they didn't include footage of the actual American flag being placed on the moon. God, like all Michael yeah. Bay like <laughs> just yeah, chomping. That's apparently that. it. And then Buzz Aldrin came out and say something then as well. Buzz Aldrin's annoyed. Yeah, everyone yeah. came no Everyone. Armstrong's family came out and were like shut up his ticks yeah basically, basically. you haven't even number yeah, one you haven't seen Buzz the movie Buzz, Buzz, Buzz Aldrin I think was saying yeah they should have had that did he I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. read that part of it yeah I mean like the first, thing of, second comes right after first you know <laughs> <laughs> I walked on your face moon <laughs> um, but yeah no like I mean, the way that uh, Ryan Gosling talked about it was, was he said that it was, you know, this was an achievement for all mankind. It wasn't just an achievement for America. Yeah. And, now, the, and the actual flag would have made it very patriotic in tone as opposed to like more universal. Yeah, I think, exactly. You know? But not even that as well. It's the fact that it's not as if they don't have a shot of the flag waving on the moon. Like it's in the trailer. You see it happening. Or oh, like, they, they literally don't have a planet on the moon. It's literally, that's oh, literally. For... And of course... You know, the dickheads that were all against this, sure enough, were all Fox News and, like, feckin' Marco Rubio and all them dickheads. So, like, <laughs> screw them, like, what do they know? But it's, it's, this is one of those things where it's literally, 
a tiny fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction of people have a problem with this. People just need and to stop just... getting offended whether you're bleeding Fox News or you're CNN or just stop. Just watch the film and I think... Yeah, you put especially that re- when you, you have really, seen the film. Yeah, but you put that really articulately when you're saying Armstrong's, like, it's based on mankind and how yeah. mankind has yeah. evolved and, like... Still so find a way. Still find a way to polarize us and to be like, no, and politicize it. Politicize it. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, the film sounds amazing. Yeah, I yeah. really want to see it. Um, and Oscar season is heating up. It's heating yeah. up already. I think it's out here as soon as um, October. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have a good run. There might be too early for it in terms in terms of the awards. I think Hugh Jackman in uh, in his new the movie, front runner. The front runner. Yeah, yeah, that looks like an interesting he's, one. That's for Jason sure. Reitman as well, mm. who I love as a filmmaker. Mm. I think he's fantastic. Bill Burson also. Second movie this year after Tully. Tully, yeah. One of the best of the year so far. That's it. I definitely agree with you. It's a mm-hmm. five-star movie. What else have you got, Dee? Um, so also coming out... Oh, I actually wrote my notes in my hand this week. Uh, uh, <laughs> hello! <laughs> taco, taco, perito, perito, taco, taco. Uh, coming, also coming out of Venice Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I will make him laugh. You can't look directly at you. Look. Oh. Brian, explain that you're doing that from South Park before people think you're being racist. Yeah, at South Park it was when uh, Cartman was doing Jennifer Lopez, the thing. Okay, I was just... Yeah. I was just stopping you from trending on Twitter there. You're welcome. Sorry, Gwandi. A Star is Born is getting huge, huge reviews. Uh, Reviews? Reviews. Reviews. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, people are saying that this is the... For a front runner for the best picture Oscar even more so than First Man I think that um, this is getting bigger praise for that and it got an eight minute standing ovation when it premiered at Venice so there mm. you go it's going to be huge sure everything gets standing ovations at Venice Brian doesn't it yeah I mean there there is that thing of <laughs> like I will admit I like I wrote the thing it was like yeah it got an eight minute standing ovation but like your ma could get eight minute standing ovation in Venice yeah That's she could I'm just she saying she deserve it yeah she, she could she deserve it every minute of it but like it's the kind of thing of like the audience reaction are never really a kind of good barometer I think because like in Cannes like I mean I've heard that like they like literally boo and like throw stuff at the screen and it's like nobody does that anymore what are you doing um, but no I mean all the reviews I've read for A Star Is Born have said it's incredible and they are really really positive and I mean everything I've seen about it looks great Yeah. but what I think is also interesting is, is I think it was Sean Penn um, he was doing I think he was doing Mark Maron a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago and he literally stopped and talked about A Star Is Born for like five minutes mm. and said how amazing it was Jennifer Lawrence as well yeah I think yeah. Bradley Cooper's been really smart in uh, what he's done with it because he, he filmed it because he shot bits of a glass and really last right. year yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he sings in it too as obviously Lady Gaga is mm-hmm. the lead and she's getting incredible reviews yeah. 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 Um, but Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence has said what he has done here is amazing but Cooper uh, to his credit he's a movie star has been around a long time is thinking okay people are saying this is good I'm going to start showing this to everybody Yeah. Um, and that's something that Ben Affleck probably should have done with Gone Baby Gone mm. but Cooper had the smarts to go okay I'm going to get all of my friends going to get Robert De Niro Sean Penn Jennifer Lawrence to talk about it and not lie about it but to say actually yeah this is this is just great we saw something similar with A Quiet Place yes you know yeah, Chris yeah. Pratt and everybody was coming out going this is deadly mm. um, and that shows uh, how you can build buzz early mm-hmm. um, I'm interested to see how Lady Gaga does in it because yeah. she's getting at, look it's her first movie she's getting absolute yeah. raves yeah 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 I mean I know she did like American Horror Story and what have you but like yeah I mean the fact the fact that um, so much of it kind of depends on her character kind of being 
uh, I don't want to say a wallflower, but like the, yeah, the, the, the whole yeah. thing where the character seems to be anyway that like she doesn't look like a yeah. glamorous exactly yeah. yeah yeah. But of course, as we know, it's Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga and she's yeah. this like literally polarizing figure in music and like is so confident and da da da. See, I'm just really interested. But yeah, no, I'm really interested <laughs> to see what happens with it. I, I really yeah. am looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, it's such an iconic story. It's touched so many generations. This is why it's been brought to the big screen for like this is the fourth yeah. movie yeah. adaptation of this story, you know. And I think that um, another thing I'm really looking forward to it is the music. Mm. I know it's just going to be incredible. Patrick know? Cooper has a great voice. Does yeah. He? yeah. He's got a really good Give voice. That, like, uh, yeah. like we all know, Lady Gaga like has an incredible voice. She's, yeah, you know, she's platinum, whatever, selling artist. What do mm-hmm. the kids on the Spotify, on the streaming services? <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't know. Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. What else do you have to? Um, well, this is kind of more a smaller one because Brian sent it to me last minute. Um, Suspiria. <laughs> Suspiria is getting more kind of mixed reception at Venice but I mean that's not too surprising it's getting comparisons to like Mother just in terms of like it's polarising and just that it's it's cinematography like it's gorgeous to look at but it's effing weird yeah Um, which I'm not really surprised about I have no interest in Um, seeing Suspiria just looks crap yeah looks like looks like it insists upon itself Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it, like, I mean, it's it's definitely the kind of film that's going to provoke a strong reaction, one way or the other, whether you love it or hate it. Yeah, I haven't got the energy to care that much, so I'm just not going to go and see. It. Yeah, I can understand. Like, I don't think you could watch it passively. Like, yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. But like, that's not a bad thing. Like, I think that's, I think if if something like that kind of demands your attention and demands you pay, sit up and listen. I'm and not watch. saying it's a bad thing. I'm no. just saying I can't be arsed. I know. Yeah. Mm. I'm just saying, just for people watching and listening and taking it in. I think you were saying the trailer made your palms sweaty. It did. It really did. I'm not kidding you. The first time I saw it, I was really like, oh. <laughs> but you, and I mean, that's, I mean, I know they're, they're quoting Murdadi in mm. the sense that it was polarizing. Yeah, it could be yeah. as polarizing. You hated Mother. I detest And Mother. I really yeah. liked Mother. <laughs> there you go. I hated Mother. I walked out of that. Annoyed, fuming, yeah, fuming. How much I hate it. Hasn't and Jennifer Lawrence's career hasn't quite recovered from it either yet. And I'm not surprised. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean there's, there's ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, there. of course. I don't know. It just seems to be a thing with best actresses when they win an Oscar. They just don't get particularly. Yeah, yeah it's the F. Murray Abraham curse. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what they call it. It is kind of a. It is a thing. It yeah. is a thing. And I'm yeah. not just saying this like giving out like, oh, I'm a woman. We have it <laughs> so bad. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, but I think, no, but like, I mean, comparing it to Mother, I think is, I don't think it'll be as kind of, see, the problem I have with Mother, not to kind of harp on about it, but the problem I have with Mother was, was that it was just so up its own. <laughs> that, this like, movie probably is going to be too. I think that, it will, but Mike like, saying, yeah, you know? but like, I mean, in the way that Mother was like, oh, it's really about this, you know, I think. Mother Earth. Yeah. And all that. See, that's the only thing that annoyed me about it was like, I had my own interpretation coming out of it and I really liked that, my little interpretation interpretation of it I liked it I thought it was smart I could have written a thesis on it is this like your interpretation of when life gives you lemons (laughs) oh yeah did you hear about this D for years for years this is brilliant right just derail this for a second right D for years thought that when life gives you lemons was a positive thing as in like oh I've got some lemons how great now I'm going to make lemonade well that's like you just you took it perfectly so no No, she took it wrong no D's an optimist yeah well like that's what I'm saying but she had to give you a lemon just go fuck the lemons and bail yeah that's like that's yeah that's how most people would do but D thought it was a positive it it also wasn't just me it was also our editor Charlotte Reed so yeah Yeah, Charlotte 
actually, if she goes one step further, she eats lemons. I yeah. don't no. eat Have lemons. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah, not, not, li- not unless it's tequila. No, no. She will literally... I, we did it before. We, did, we actually did an experiment, right? We got her to eat like half a lemon. You didn't do an experiment. You just asked her to eat a lemon. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's we not gave, an experiment. As in, we gave her the lemon to see if she was full of shit. And she wasn't. She literally just <laughs> chewed you know down really like funny? it was nothing. Brian tried to slice it. <laughs> he was like... Ah. Oh, no, it was disgusting. Yeah, it was, it was really absolutely funny. horrible. Like, it was hilarious. It's lemon. Like, had a bit yeah. of flavour. But she was just like... Yeah, actually, wait. You didn't. You eat some of it I as well. Did, yeah, but I didn't enjoy it because... When life gives you lemons, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, what? I'm going to try a lemon freak. and I might actually like the taste yeah. of it. Maybe it's like... A it's thing. all going to come back around full circle then, Dave. You'll yeah. be like, oh, now I know. Weirdo. Okay, let's move on to the revisit. Uh, uh, Dave's behest, as we said from the start, we call it, we did kind of strong arm. You've been, up, you've been up since crazy early last week, Dave. You were doing another podcast. You'd literally produced another podcast uh, before you did this one. He's a champ. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> He's a champ. He's a champ. Uh, and I was like, give me, what's your favourite movie? Give us a movie. And you were like, uh, <laughs> you put me on the spot. Mm, yeah. uh, so we, we kind of circled around Moon and you rewatched it. That was totally intentional. That <laughs> 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 was totally intentional. Two weeks to go, Sam. Two weeks to go, buddy. I'm going home. Looks like we got a live one. What, what, you mean you have to love Sam Rockwell uh, to enjoy this movie, or you have to be a fan of Sam Rockwell because it's him, it's just him. Yeah, uh, it's a, like it, 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 Duncan Jones, who directed this as well, has has done some has done a couple of bad ones in a row. Oh, I don't know about that. Anyway. Yeah, well, like, hang on a second. He had Warcraft, and then he had Mute, that one that you detested. Yes, but, so that's not so that's, great. But yeah, like, Mute was brilliant. Literally I literally, just, I literally, I literally just said that. <laughs> I would say that Mute was brilliant. Source Code was fantastic. I really Mute enjoyed. was brilliant. No, or not Mute, Moon. Sorry, Moon was brilliant. Source Code was fantastic. Warcraft was... <laughs> kind of decided to mic. Warcraft was grand for what it was. I mean, Oh, I th- yeah, you kind of liked it. You're weird. Mute was terrible. <laughs> mute was muck. I will give you that. Mute was muck. But I liked Warcraft for what it was. I thought it was, that it was a noble failure. Yeah. Um, but Moon, weird. I thought... What are you talking about? You and your lemons. Um, but... <laughs> Moon, I no, I really, I really did enjoy Moon. I loved Moon. I remember actually, Duncan Jones came over to Ireland for it. Like, I talked to him after. Was it before I was years and years ago? Um, and before I plucked you from obscurity. Oh, you <laughs> Um, give you a job. Anyway, you do like with a pen and paper trying to get an autograph. Was actually, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I remember that um, at what? the time. There was a peer. Sorry to... I remember that at the time because actually my college paper had an interview with him as well. So there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, um, well, okay, Dave, give, give us your hot take on Moon. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a hot take. Well, I no, quite enjoyed the movie. Reviewed movie yeah. I do really like the movie. I really like Sam Rockwell. I thought yeah, it's one of his better performances. I think uh, he very much convinces as playing various versions of himself like very understated as well mm-hmm. I thought I would think so yeah um, yeah I, I think there's there's a lot to it I think it's quite a different film I can understand why people don't like it because it's like generally when with a sci-fi film or something you're expecting aliens or something malevolent or something but it's it's not really it's just kind of a working Benign. man kind of thing and it gets quite depressing I would say and it's uh, the, the, I suppose the first twist as such where he well, you, you can know. say it. You yeah. can say it. Yeah. yeah, where he starts to realize that he's a clone, essentially. I think th- there's a comparison to be made there, almost with the Matrix, where he kind of wakes up 
to his reality kind mm. of thing and he sees that rather than in the matrix where there were batteries or what have you that he realizes that he's essentially just a replaceable cog in an engine kind of thing and there was a broader analogy there a broader metaphor there i think so and it's it's i thought it was i suppose a bit dystopian that like like man goes to moon you know but it's, it's just not a bother it's just a job you know it's like we're able to put people on the moon we're able to do cloning and they're just using him essentially as a battery or yeah. you know mm. a laptop and uh, he's kind of coming to terms with that and arguing and fighting with the new self who wakes him up to this is I thought it was I thought it was really good um, I thought obviously I mean the opinion on Kevin Spacey has changed mm. but him mm. playing the AI like I remember even rewatching it last week I still kept expecting the AI to be malevolent if you will yeah, yeah. Kind of, I think that's, that's kind of an yeah. expectation yeah. we've but that thing with, the, with the, sci-fi films, yeah, well, yeah, with that 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 twist with sci-fi movies is is done in so many of them, Oblivion yeah. as well, and was a Passengers as well, yeah, like yeah. it's it, that seems to be the kind of go-to shock people twist, and um, which which Christopher Nolan did incredibly well in the Prestige, which obviously isn't a sci-fi movie, mm. but I think was How's why. Lawyer, isn't it? Have you seen the Prestige? Yeah, 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 but why that ending was so. Holy Powerful. shit, that, that's yeah. incredible because yeah. you're not yeah. expecting it. But now with sci-fi movies, it just seems to be, and I'm not criticizing the movie at all, but it does seem to be a kind of a default. Mm. Let's shock people. He's a clone. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. mean, like, it's, it's funny because like Duncan Jones said it at the time that like how he kind of came to this movie was, was that he was in a long term relationship um, and he was working alone a lot. And he's kind of started to think about, like, you know, the idea of being separated from somebody who you feel is a reflection, who is able to reflect yourself back to you, like, as in a partner will be able to tell you, look, you're really being really annoying or you're being whatever. Like your missus when you said you might be naked on the street. Nice little comeback around there, yeah? But then what he was saying was like, right, okay, well then what? how would he kind of extrapolated it out and he'd be like, right, what if I had to live with myself? And then just how does that kind of work? And that's the kind of, I think that's what makes it so interesting and why I think as well that they didn't kind of set it up as this big reveal because I think the drama in Moon comes from someone having to someone having someone having to confront themselves. Yeah, you know that kind of. Solaris does something similar. Solaris does something similar. I mean, I know, and again, that's the wife thing and whatever. But in this, like, it's very much like you got to look at your worst possible qualities being played out in front of you you know that kind of way isn't like when he's really kind of angry and snippy with the clone version of himself yeah and then the other one is like trying to dance around and he keeps hitting the thing off like Mm. so I think that that is more to me more interesting than you know sort of like oh well you know we got to space and all we're doing with it is just mining you know that kind of way Mm. but um I love I love Moon. Yeah, you made you made a really interesting point last week there when you said like Seven Psychopaths. Rockwell is great in that, and he's not, like he won the Oscar for Three Billboards. Yeah, and yeah. I remember a whole campaign being around Moon for him to get nominated for an Oscar yeah. for Moon, but it didn't have a budget. Then you know they have to pay for the marketing yeah. budgets and all. Yeah, it was on it was on a bunch of lists for kind of one of the biggest Oscar snubs. Yeah, was yeah. the fact that he he's didn't so get good. In it. But yeah. he's really good in Seven Psychopaths as well, and mm-hmm. that's and that that really feels like a role that Martin McDonough like because Colin Farrell's role in that is relatively generic. Yeah. yeah. Given how yeah. good yeah. he was in yeah. Bruges, that really is 
uh, that really is Sam Rockwell's movie. Like he's just a great actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting work, really yeah. interesting work. But that's yeah. what I almost think that Three Billboards was more about. I think it was a bit like, you know, when Sandra Bullock won her award for, you know, The Blind yeah. Side and then there have been ones in the past like, um, you know, Paul Newman for The Colour of Money. I think it's almost like, I, I think that in that case. Money, yeah, he'd made like yeah, yeah it's, before that. It's yeah. more like should have won well before that. Exactly. It's more about giving an award for kind of your Scorsese career's the work. The part, you know? yeah. The Par is a great yeah. movie, but he should have won multiple times exactly the yeah, yeah. so I think it's to do with like you know getting recognised for your career and how talented you are as an actor because I, I I don't know I thought Sam Rockwell was good in three billboards but was it you know award worthy no, yeah I don't think, so. I, uh, think so. yeah. I, yeah I remember going I went to three billboards in America last year um, and I was really looking forward to seeing it I remember actually because it was a theatre in New York and it was between that and Lady Birds that we were going to me and my friend Aoife were going to go and see mm. and we were like what are we going to see and we are like right screw three billboards whatever the time suited or something and I think the hype just heard it but also with Rockwell's character in that film there's such a turn in the character that yeah. it's very difficult to buy mm. and from like when the same way that um, I think Seven Psychopaths was Sam Rockwell's movie I and like you say Francis McDormand was you know the star of that film for me Woody Harrel- that was Woody Harrelson's movie yeah, really yeah, and when that character wasn't on screen anymore I just stopped enjoying the film I agree I think yeah. that it was it was less engaging or less yeah. I don't know there was something he's just that a brilliant character lost with so him, much, yeah. he'd so much like first of all Woody Harrelson's just great mm-hmm. yeah like when Woody like and you see that season of True Detective and that's why the second season of True Detective died and it's ah, so much and there's many moving parts to that mm-hmm. but that that just dynamics between him and Matthew McConaughey but he's just got this bluster and he can act as well you see with the, with the last Planet of the Apes movie mm. he can really act and he can play kind of villains or with something like Zombieland he can do comedy oh and, yeah. Oh, I think, yeah I think Woody Allen's range, one of the, yeah. but he's one of the most unheralded actors mm. working today because he just fits into roles yeah. and yeah. elevates material do you ever see Rampart Rampart is brilliant I haven't seen Rampart Rampart no. is brilliant yeah it's this really kind of like you know, one part kind of social drama, then one part thriller, and yeah. then one part kind of psychological thing. It's brilliant. It's really good. It was written by James Elroy, the guy who did um, LA Confidential. Black Delilah. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's It's really, really good. Okay, uh, I have a suggestion for the uh, revisit next week. And I'd like to see if, if you guys get a chance to watch it. I'm fairly certain it's on Netflix, but I could be wrong. It's Narc. It's a Joe Carnahan movie. Oh, yeah. Because uh, with Ray Liotta um, and Jason Patrick. And Jason Patrick is unbelievably he's so good in it and um, one of those actors that just hasn't quite caught that yeah. uh, wave or, or whatever Speed 2 kind of did that yeah, well, yeah. but I mean he's, he's a great actor and he's really great in that so maybe what are you thinking Narc for next week we, we, we all agree on Narc for next week for the never heard of it yeah. sure <laughs> Joe, Car- Joe Carn's second movie but his first movie uh, that, that people kind of embraced it is be- beautifully made it's gritty as shit but it's absolutely excellent so, what was that other one Dark Blue remember that one Dark with, uh, Blue with um, Brenda Gleeson and, and, and uh, yeah, Ron Sheldon directed it did uh, White Man Can't Jump and, yeah. Uh, yeah Brenda Gleeson's incredible in that as well yeah. another James Elroy one okay so let's talk about briefly because we're just going to go uh, we're just under the hour about the revisit when are we going to do the revisit pod when are you and D going to do the revisit pod um, when are you going to take the finger out Brian uh, hopefully soon enough because um, you have a pilot have a, we kind of have the bones of a pilot made yeah so yeah. we need to kind of sit down and do I, I don't know like I mean like there's there's there's, there's stuff coming with entertainment.ie as a whole yeah and you know uh, you know 
Kind of trying to time it around. Trying to that, time it around. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You want to yeah. have a couple in the candle, Dave, don't you? Together. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will. I like. I. I said this to you. Dave yeah. doesn't produce enough podcasts. He needs another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll throw another one on your on your plate there. Splendid. Can, yeah. See, you love it. <laughs> yeah, he's happy with it. Yeah, I know. But um, hopefully, yeah, we should have something up. I'm hoping next week. Yeah. Uh, we should have the first. We'll make a big splash. But yeah, the hunt for October. Hunt for October or something. Yeah. So I actually, I really like the format of it as well because you're giving it a bit of trivia. Put trivia, trivia before before you have your discussion yeah, I think it's about good, the yeah. film. Okay, thanks Mill for joining us this week. Thanks to producer Dave. Uh, thanks to Own Ronan for shooting and Charlotte Reed who's off, but will likely be editing this. Oh, we'll, yeah. ca- we'll catch us next week. Everything running smoothly. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America.